Before you start writing, you need to do your research, right? That's what they all say. But how do you actually conduct that research? That's what we're talking about today. You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. Okay, so it's the anthem of the new freelance writer, at least the ones in my orbit. This is a question I get kind of a lot, or I will see it asked. And it's something I've had a hard time answering because it's not something I felt like I ever had to learn how to do. I just, I just did it. (laughs) I didn't know how to explain how I research my stuff. So um, I sat and I thought about it. And I thought and I thought and I thought some more. I actually received this request, you know, the request for an a podcast episode on how to conduct research months ago. And um, I had to, I kind of, I added it to the docket, but I, I gave, I, I kind of put it at the bottom of the list to give myself some time to noodle on uh, my process and what is stuff that I just intrinsically know where did I learn it? How did I begin practicing it? What does it look like in in real life when I actually sit down to write? So there is a lot to unpack here. And today I want to just focus on one aspect that I hope will be helpful for you as you uh, go about doing your own research. Um. I'm trying to do this in a way that is applicable for just about any kind of writing that you'll do. It's because there are different, depending on what you're writing, you're going to need to do different types of research. You're going to need to do different types of um, like cite, citing, citations, basically. Um, the style of accumulating and attributing information is different depending on what you're actually writing. But what we're going to talk about today is going to be pretty generally broadly applicable as far as I've been able to think it through. Although if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that sometimes I talk my way into new predicaments. (laughs) I talk my way into new insights and new thoughts to share with you live in real time. So maybe that will happen today. Who knows? Let's let's uh, let's tackle it. Let's get started. Um, If you have enrolled in either Know What to Write or Copy Confidential, um, or I guess Booked Out Writer, then you're familiar with the way that I teach. Maybe it's even in Clips Camp. So if you've enrolled in just about anything that I offer, any of my courses, not all of them, but most of them, um, then you'll be familiar with the way that I teach um, blog post outlines. Um, structures. I, when I sat down, I used to get so many questions about, well, how do you actually write the blog post? So I sat down and figured out what is my process for writing a blog post. And I realized that one of the things, one of the first things I do is I look at my, you know, assignment or my, my slug, as it's called the kind of like, write a story about how to convert a podcast to an MP3, you know, like that's, that's your slug, it's your assignment. Um, it's not the title 
of the post. It's just the thing that you're writing about. That's a journalism term. Anyway, once I have my slug, what do I do then? And a lot of times the slug will kind of inform the time. Y'all, there's so much background noise here. I don't even know if you'll be able to hear it. Um, I can't tell <laughs> what I'm hearing in real life and what I'm hearing through my headphones. Anyway, um, so once I have the slug, then I figure out what is, what's the type of post? What's the structure? Is this going to be a comparison post? Is this going to be a, like, um, where I'm delving into the history of something and just explaining what it is? Um, is this going to be a list? Is this going to be explaining how to do something? Is this a, you know, a, a how to type post? Um, so when I was thinking about my process and I, I looked back over my portfolio and identified the structures that I used for writing, the, the ways that I would structure a post. And I came up with five different frameworks. Now, depending on who you follow, um, I've seen people teach like eight different post types. I've seen people teach 12. I think I read through the 12 one and it was like, this is just two ways of saying the same thing, right? Okay, so the five structures are very um, broadly applicable. There's a lot of flexibility in them, which I find is helpful for me as a writer because writing is a creative endeavor. We have at least one screamer <laughs> in the background. Life with four kids is always exciting. You never know what you're going to get. Anyway, so I have these five broadly applicable structures um, and it's it's a general thing. It's like I'm going to write a list post and this might be 102 things that your virtual assistant can do for you or it might be the top three things that you need to, um, what's the one I always say, the top three questions you need to ask your mortgage lender, right? Those are both list posts. One of them is a short number of things with a lot of explanation on each item. The other is a long list of things with a short explanation on each item, but they're both lists, right? Okay, so that's what we're talking about um, as far as blog post outline structures. So once you have your outline structure, you have a sense of the shape of this post that you're going to write. And then what I do is I look at like the, you know, the different blocks of text that I need. Um, for example, if it is a list post, how many items on this list can I come up with without doing any research? And sometimes it's like all of them. And sometimes it's I'm clueless. I have no idea. I don't even know. Right. So the before I do my research, I try to get a sense of what is the um, like what is the nature of the information that I need or what is the shape of the information that I'm going to need? What are the types of information that I will need to be able to fill out this post? This is something I don't know how to teach other than to have you do it and then do like critiques and breakdowns after the fact, which is way beyond the scope of a podcast episode. But if that's something you want to learn, um, we go over it in Copy Confidential. We go over it in Know What to Write. Um, I think the blogging module is also available in Booked Out Writer. So all of those are currently available. I think I'm taking actually know what to write. I don't think is available. But anyway, post in the Facebook group if you would like more information. 
<laughs> and we will be in touch with you um, for any of those courses where I, I really take a deep dive into my method for writing blog posts. And Copy Confidential is a deep dive into my method for writing pretty much anything. Um, okay, so you've got your outline structure. You have a sense of the type of information that you need to be able to write it. And now it's time to go looking. And this is what I want. This is the part that I wanted to spend most of today's episode on. And that is uh, finding your sources. And if you've ever been to a research library, library, if you went to, um, I think a lot of folks in college, definitely in grad school, um, some people in high school, if you were an overachiever like me in high school and you were in the international baccalaureate program in high school, um, and you had a good English teacher or a good history teacher, um, you may have learned how to conduct research at a university caliber, at, at a research library, I guess, at a university library. So I grew up in Charlotte, and we would truck out every now and then to UNC Charlotte, the big um, state university, kind of on the outskirts of the city. Because they had this fantastic library there. And we all got our little library cards. I don't know how they did this. There was, I'm sure, some mechanism for high schoolers to get library cards. Um, and we learned how to identify the types of sources. And there are two basic types of sources out there. The first is the primary source. And the second is the secondary sources. And you may have a sense of what these two things are primary sources versus secondary sources. Um, but I find that it can be really helpful for me um, to, to know whether I need a primary source or a secondary source for the information that I'm looking for. And I will often focus first on primary sources. So what's the difference? The difference is um, how far removed from the actual events the source is. A primary source is like eyewitness accounts, people who were there and reported on something happening, um, people who were like a, an interview, um, an interview of, you know, the scientist who conducted this research, um, an interview of the entrepreneur who is launching this program. Um, people who wrote letters about their experiences, that's um, considered a primary source. You know, if they live through some kind of s situation or circumstance and then they write letters. Um, these days, blogs, um, social media posts, things like that would also count as a primary source if they are coming from a primary source person. Um, so if you... Um, are looking for information on how to conduct research, this podcast would be a primary source for you because I am someone who conducts research and I'm talking about how I do it. I'm not talking about how someone else does it. I'm talking about how I do it. Um, news reports are also considered primary sources, like contemporary news reports, things that are being reported as the stuff is happening. That's considered a primary um, source. A secondary source, on the other hand, is basically people quoting other people, people quoting the primary sources, people analyzing 
what other people said or did. People looking at the data to extrapolate conclusions about what happened instead of being the ones to see it happen in real time. They are somehow or other re-presenting, not representing, but like presenting again the information or the events or the theories or the whatever. Um, they are, it's a re-presentation. They are retelling the story. They are retelling the information. Um, secondary resources are more about synthesizing and analyzing, um, maybe compiling. Um, I, I read somewhere one time that like an encyclopedia is considered a secondary source. Um, anything that editorializes or attempts to explain what someone else put out there or an event um, anything like that is considered a secondary source so you will often see primary sources quoted in secondary sources um, you'll you'll need to know kind of the difference between news reporting you know reporting or interview quotes um, and be, be able to tell whether those are primary or secondary um, the main thing to keep in mind is, is this thing that I am reading or this thing that I am watching or listening to in response to the events that happened? Are they in response to a thing that happened or they, or are they a response to what we know about a thing that has happened? Does that make sense? I hope that that makes sense. So with blogging, when you're writing a blog post, a lot of what you will do is look at primary sources and then create basically your own account of the situation. You are creating your own secondary resources. Um, there will be times when what you're writing is actually a primary resource. If you're conducting... Um, an interview about something that's happening, you know, it's more of like an article will feel like a primary resource as opposed to a blog post. So like a list of the 10 best books for new moms, that's a secondary resource. Each of the books is most likely, not necessarily, but most likely a primary resource. Um, but the post that you write is a secondary resource because you are collecting information that other people have put out there. You are collecting the thoughts and ideas and phrases um, and conversations maybe that other people have put out there. Um, so you're going to get the best, like the, what's the, maybe like the purest <laughs> um, information if you can get it from primary sources. So what do primary sources look like? Uh, oh, let me pause right here. I have a lot of people who write to me and they say, like, I want to conduct original research. I don't want to just put out a bunch of stuff that's rehashed. Um, I don't want to put out a blog post that's just rehashing four other blog posts that rehashed the original, right? And I understand that. Um, so in order to do that, go to the primary sources to whatever extent you can. Don't look necessarily for secondary sources unless you need some help you want some insight or part of what you're writing involves understanding 
um, what other people think or what other people say. So yeah, if you are offended by the idea of just rehashing stuff that other people have already written, go to the primary, go to see if you can find primary sources for your own write up, and then you're not rehashing, you are taking the the original information and turning it into something new. Okay, so what does a primary resource, or sorry, what does a primary source look like? This day and age, it can look like studies, you know, research, um, statistics put out by the Bureau of Labor, <laughs> um, or other agencies or entities. Um, it can look like podcasts, or YouTube, um, specifically interviews, interviews can be awesome primary sources. Any kind of talking head um, type, whether it's an interview or just one person like this podcast. Um, social media posts, which I mentioned earlier, uh, which can, you can probably turn up some really interesting things with some has, hashtag research if you if you are looking for um, thoughts or opinions on something, and you want to see what the con- what the real time conversation is. Um, social media can be great to capture those immediate responses. Amazon reviews are another great primary source. Press releases, company websites, presentations on LinkedIn, um, and on SlideShare, you can find interesting presentations. Um, if you are working closely with a client, then any kind of brain dump from your client can become a primary source that you then turn into um, whatever you're writing, your blog post or whatever you're writing. Um, sometimes books and reports and that kind of thing, more often reports, it depends on what is being reported. Um, if it's, you know, like, like I was saying before, an encyclopedia is considered a secondary source. So it depends on what the report is or what the book is. But a lot of books or texts, as they are called in the research world, um, may be primary sources, but a lot of them are, you know, looking back on the information that we have found. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to, to explain what I'm trying to say. What am I trying to say? So a lot of books are like primary accounts. And a lot of books are more like um, reviewing the information. Like, here's what we know so far, where it's reviewing all the other primary accounts. So um, finding the primary account, finding the primary tale, finding the primary source. That's what you want to do if you don't want to rehash what, uh, what a bunch of other people are writing. So when you do your research, this is just kind of an organizational note. When you do your research, capture the salient bits as you go, as you find them, um, and plunk them on your outline. If you ever wrote a research paper with index cards where you go through your sources and on each index card, like up in the corner and you, you type source number one or not type, you write source number one and you circle it and you're thumbing through source number one. It's a book and you write down all the different lines or maybe paragraphs of information that you think are going to be helpful for your research paper. Um, each one goes on its own individual note card. And then you, you do the same thing for source number two, source number three, all the way through source number whatever, six. 
Um, and then you go through your index cards, right? And you, you try to put them in some semblance of order where you figure out, okay, well, I'm going to write about this. And these are all the note cards that I have on part A of this topic. And then these are all the note cards I have on part B of this topic. And these are all the note cards I have on part C of this topic. And you put them in order, right? And then you use these to write your research paper. And you've already ordered them. And so you know what to do. It's, you know, you've made your outline. Maybe you convert your note cards to an typed outline. And then from there, you flesh out the typed outline. And there's your research paper, right? They make, they make it seem so simple. And it, it actually is a very straightforward process. It's the same kind of thing, even when you're, when you're writing something as casual as a blog post. Um, and the way that I do it is, as I'm doing my research, I just, I open up my Word doc I, I make my bullet point outline, even if the outline is just introduction, um, list item number one, list item number two, list item number three, conclusion. Like my outlines can be that general. Um, and then I go off and I start doing my research. And so I look through source number one and I will copy and paste. I copy out of source number one and I paste it into my working document. Um, I add any thoughts that I have on my own or any notes that I want to make to myself or any questions that come up for me. And then I put the link to that source with that chunk of information. Then I move on to my next source. And so I like I'm collecting these bits of research um, and collecting them all in this one document. Eventually, I begin to see the actual post take shape. And sometimes I see the post take shape immediately. And I know what I'm looking for and you know I need the background and then I need the controversy and then I need the resolution and then I need to then I need the reviews right the testimonials whatever okay I just had another coughing fit <laughs> you can tell the flowers are opening up and spring is springing here in North Carolina because my sinuses are bugging me anyway what I was what I was saying was you um you capture all your thoughts no what I was saying was that sometimes I know ahead of time where to plug in the information on my outline sometimes I just need to have the info dump there and then I look at all of my all of my bits of information and then I need to reorder them and sort them and then I have this kind of loose outline that I then turn into a blog post really depends on what I'm writing okay um but I keep I keep my my directly quoted material in there I keep my links to where it came from in there um <clears throat> I just keep it all together. I used to like try to keep my windows open on my desktop and whatever, but that became a nightmare. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> my laptops get old and tired um, and that doesn't always work. Um, anyway, and it's easy to lose them. It's easy to be like, crud, where did I find that one thing? Right. So now I just, I stick it all in my working document. Um, anything that is just information that, anything that's just like information I don't, um, I don't provide a reference for anything that is someone is someone's idea. I do provide a reference for, and in a blog post that just looks like um, a link with some anchor text. So it's like a word or a phrase in the middle of a sentence has a link to the original source. Obviously, anything that you quote directly needs to be in quotes, and you need to have the link to the original source there. Um. And yeah, if you are using like an idea that somebody presents, a novel idea that someone presents, that needs to be attributed as well. 
Okay, so I hope that that helps. If you have questions about how to conduct your research, I hope that this has been helpful for you. Um, I know this is a big, scary, intimidating beast. People don't want to plagiarize. People don't want to get in trouble. People don't want to do it wrong. People don't want to just rehash the same gobbledygook that everyone else out there is rehashing. I totally get that. So if you want to not be rehashing what everyone else is rehashing, then go to your primary Go, go find your own primary resources, primary sources. Why do I keep saying resources? Find your primary sources and then write based on those. Um, and then attribute when you need to attribute. There's a whole lot more that can be said about attribution, but the, the kind of the guidelines that I have always used, um, I've already laid out for you. And it sounds like we're about to get overtaken by the tickle monsters right outside my office door. So I'm going to wrap this up. See y'all next week. Okay, so tell me, do you need more writing clients? If you do, then I challenge you to stop getting ready to get ready and start taking the real action steps that booked out writers take every single day to find, reach, and impress their ideal clients so that you can finally have the writing career of your dreams. And I encourage you to do so with Booked Out Writer, my newest course. Booked Out Writer is the everything you need and nothing you don't course for freelance writers who want to skip the low paying work and start making good money with great clients now. Whether you have five hours a week to devote to this or you're ready to go full time, Booked Out Writer is perfect for establishing yourself as an in-demand go-to writer. Learn more at bookedoutwriter.com. <laughs>